0: There was a second sheet there in the bulletin, or alongside the bulletin there, for this evening's outline. And we're just moving into a new area, the third major area of Ephesians. We've seen the Christian and his blessings, we've seen the Christian and his behaviour, and now we see the Christian and his battles. As we look at this, you can understand what it's talking about. There is a battle that goes on. And uh, we'll begin to look at that tonight. <clears throat> and here we notice first where a description of the enemy describing the enemy verses 10 to 17 and the different things related to that will be a few weeks in this and you've done it in Sunday school probably done it in junior church maybe done it in youth club where they have the all the armament of the Christian and dress some some image up to make it be remembered and um so we have the description of the enemy verses 10 to 17 the exhortation of verse 10 before we look let's pray heavenly father we thank you we can come before you whether in the heat of the northern hemisphere or the cool of this southern hemisphere lord you're still listening and you hear all people that come to you in your son's name And thank you that we can come tonight, read your word, fellowship, Lord, and enjoy the midweek meeting that we can build, get built up in our most holy faith and encouraged by the prayers of the saints. Lord, thank you for this and bless us as we do this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might it's a full phrase (laughs) phrases here we see our resolve first of all be strong in the lord we can put a fair show on in the flesh and try to be strong in the flesh but the lord wants us to be strong in him be strong in the lord And Paul knew what he was talking about. He was one that was strong in the Lord. (laughs) Looking at his testimony's life through the book of Acts and through the epistles. So we have our resolve here. Paul threw himself wholeheartedly into the battle upon his salvation. Let's turn to the book of Acts. And he lived what he preached here. He lived what he wrote. The book of Acts chapter 9. and we read in verse 20 and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God but all that heard him were amazed and said is not this he that destroyed them who called on this name in Jerusalem and came here for that intent that he might bring them bound unto the chief priests. But Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is the very Christ. (laughs) Go down to verse 27 and we read, But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and they had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus, in the name of Jesus, and twenty-nine, and he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus, and disputed against the Grecians, and they went about to slay him. So Paul threw himself wholeheartedly and immediately, or straightway, <laughs> and uh, that's immediately. Paul didn't mess around. When he had something to do, he did it, and he did it with all his might, didn't he? Yeah, um, what a this is like true repentance isn't it going this way to damascus to kill them he didn't go back the same road to jerusalem he kept going but spiritually he went the other way <laughs> instead of going there to capture and kill and name the christians he went there and preached in the synagogues it would have been interesting to hear his first sermon At mm-hmm. it where it's interesting isn't it what's happening at damascus these days been under siege for years now that Russia's come in and Iran they've joined in with Assad and helped stabilize the place well (laughs) I don't know (laughs) it's going to be leveled I think The scripture says that but that's at that place this is where Paul the mighty apostle first preached who remembers when they first preached (laughs) Some, some do. Mine was in the Scout Hall at Calvary Baptist Church. Not very good anyway. The Lord knew, and the Lord undertook. But you see, Paul did have an advantage. He'd studied diligently already, hadn't he? You see, God can use our past even when we were not Christians. To develop us for ministry when we become Christians, and uh, he was a very religious person. Was like the Orthodox Jews. Um, <clears throat> see, they've been fighting the police over there, who are trying to get them to conscripted in the army, and the Orthodox are fighting physically, fighting the the police that come to do it. And they went into a yeshiva, into one of the um, Bible colleges they had there, hundreds of them, with their rabbis teaching them, and they're doing their their thing and religious but lost that's where Paul was but immediately when he got saved he got changed and he was able to you, you, you know, oh, and as he preached things were coming to him You know, Isaiah 53 I, I wonder if that was his first sermon <laughs> and in Zechariah how many times there was um, there the Lord spoken about Zechariah and um, where else would he could have gone to Psalm 22, 23. He started in Genesis 3.15 and he preached Christ and him crucified. And what an amazing thing. And, and the people that came to hear him were those that had probably gathered to go capture the Christians. He's in the synagogue. <laughs> and they, that's where he was going. And uh, they getting some support to gain some support to go and capture Christians. And he started preaching to them. And they would have just been, and they were. They were really upset, weren't they? They went about to slay him. It says in Acts, <clears throat> in that, in First Corinthians two two, and and this is what we we, we come from Ephesians six ten be strong in the Lord. And Paul's was, and he lived what he preached. For I in First Corinthians two two, for I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus and Him crucified. So that's what his message was. He preached that. And he preached it powerfully. Personally, he knew what it what it meant to meet the meet the Lord Jesus, didn't it? This determination, this resolve, continued; it didn't ever abate in his lifetime. If you go to Philippians, Philippians chapter three, and verses ten through to fourteen, this is about twenty five years after he got saved. Philippians. 3:10, But that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. And did he know how, what that really meant? Yes, he did. Through all the sufferings he went through. We'll look at one portion. I think there's three big portions of scripture that he talks about you know, giving testimony of what happened to him. But the fellowship of his suffering made conformable to his death. If by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained. See, even 35 years into ministry, he's still learning. He's still growing. He's still preaching. He's still enthusiastic. He's still out there doing what the Christian should do. Not as though I had already attained, but all were already perfect. But I follow after, if that I may apprehend, that for which I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. I count not myself to have apprehended, I've not reached the goal. I have to keep pressing toward it, forgetting the things that are behind and reaching to the things that are before. Press toward the mark. Press toward the mark. And so he was still doing that. He was still enthusiastic. he would be beaten up heaps of times, but he was still serving the Lord. He was still strong in the Lord. The work he did was of the Lord through him. Not Paul's work, but the Lord through him empowering him to do the work. And that's what we have to ask ourselves a lot of times. I think we need to stop, think, am I doing this in my strength or is it God doing it through me? Because God doing it through me is what brings the result. That brings the power present in our life. <clears throat> and, and as we've looked at in the last few Sunday mornings in 2 Timothy 4, 6 to 7, The time of my departure is at hand, I fought a good fight. He could say that about 33 to 34 years after his conversion. He spent, was spent, and being spent. He was a living sacrifice. He took up his cross and followed the Lord as he would have read some of the Gospels that may have been written by that time. So our resolve, be strong in the Lord. And in, the next phrase, the power of his might. And being strong has nothing to do with how long we've been Christians or saved either. Long-time Christians can be very weak Christians in their faith. You think of the Corinthian Christians. They were a mess. You think of the Hebrews that Paul had to say, I can't feed you meat. I have to feed you milk for you're not able to bear it. And over in Peter, Peter said there, talked about the milk of the word as well. New believers might be uninformed like Paul was when he got saved, but more often than not, they have a zeal and a boldness and a strength that older Christians don't. You, you, You can see that. You've seen that happen. They've got a zeal for the Lord. And it's not how long we've been a Christian but how much we depend on the Lord for the strength we need and have to live the Christian life and the power that he gives our strength is in the power of his might not our might you know some people bring into their Christian life the, when they get saved as adults that you know you have to be a a, um, a he-man you know a, what do you call them body building Looking Christian, no, God doesn't necessarily, unless that person's dedicated, he's not going to be used, I mean, how strong he is, God doesn't take any notice of the muscles of a man, has it? the legs of a man, doesn't it? That's what he says in the book of Proverbs, he's no interest in that, he's interested in the spiritual legs, if you could say, of the Christian, not the physical Strength. And and as in the Old Testament we talked about the strength of the horse. Some depend on the horses. That's not what God's worried about. <laughs> we they said they depend upon the Lord. Let, let's go back to Ephesians chapter one and verse nineteen through to twenty. Ephesians 1, 19 to twenty. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the one to come. And so the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. Be- believe by faith live by faith, and he empowers us to serve. <clears throat> if you go to chapter 3 in verse 20, in Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to what? The power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory, through, glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end able unto him who was able and that's how Paul lived his life from the moment he got saved and forward that's the way he lived his life if you look back in first Corinthians chapter 2 as I said we'd look at one of those and this is not the one it's coming it maybe in second Corinthians yeah but first Corinthians 2 verses 3. And four and five. He said, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my sp- he wasn't a, a boaster, he wasn't a braggart, he wasn't, look at me, I can preach great. He, he, he was in fe- fear. And <clears throat> he said, My speech and my preaching were not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. You know, a, power, a person that has the ability to communicate and speak well and use words well empowered by God is a mighty force for God but a person that can speak well and doesn't have the power of God can be as 1 Corinthians 13 talks about a clanging cymbal um, <clears throat> though I had faith can move mountains it's, uh, we, we depend on the Lord when I am weak then am I strong your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, Paul said, but in the power of God. And it's verse 5. And so there, <clears throat> there Paul is telling us and instructing us, as he does in Ephesians, that we trust in his power <clears throat> to do his work. Um, are we trusting in his power to do his work? Let's move over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. There's not all the uses of the word power that we are empowered with, but is a few. Chapter 2, verse 7 says, So that, contrarywise, sorry, that's chapter 2, that's chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. (laughs) The light has shone in our hearts, we've come from darkness to light. And we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that God might work through us in His power to do His work, accomplish His purpose in this world, through us believers. So, <laughs> God, the Lord Jesus went back to heaven. Angels said, "Um, what's happening down on earth? D- didn't just stay and? No, I left it with those eleven. You left it with who?" <laughs> Those guys that denied you and run away from you? <laughs> Maybe they didn't ask that question. And I can imagine that angels were wondering, those mere mortals, <laughs> couldn't the angels do a better job? Couldn't have you done a better job and stayed there? Maybe the angels said. <laughs> no, God was going to empower those believers to do the work. You see, before Pentecost, they were running under their own steam nothing much was accomplished but when pentecost happened they were completely changed people weren't they empowered by the spirit of god as the he came upon them like a dove like a fire cloven tongues of fire and they the people around them thought they were mad they're speaking in tongues they do. god empowered them and authenticated that through tongues and the miracles that accompanied that so god's power worked mightily at that time chapter 6 of Second Corinthians, chapter six and verse one, and this is where he shares his testimony. One of these occasions. <clears throat> and verse four, but all things approving, but in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of Christ. In much patience, affliction, necessities, distresses stripes, imprisonment, tumults, labours, watchings and fastings. What were we we looking at last night um, if you were here? (laughs) This this very thing, you know. When we become Christians doesn't mean everything's going to be rosy. (laughs) It means everything's (laughs) going to be turned upside down and change and there's going to be great challenges. And Paul, these are the things that happened to Paul but the ministry still went forward. He got imprisoned twice. But the ministry still went forward. He didn't get mad and upset. And why am I locked up here? I could be out there telling everyone, reaching more of the more countries for the gospel. He could have gone to England. I mean, Tarshish. But he didn't ever get there. He could have gone further through Europe. But no, that wasn't the Lord. The Lord wanted to sit down. Hey, you've had a life of ministry. Now write some letters. Yeah, I... I <laughs> I can't imagine that Paul probably would have sat down and written them if he wasn't in prison because he'd just be next town, next town, next town. You know, more people, people. Let's go to more synagogues. Let's get beat up again. (laughs) Let's get on a ship and what, three, thrice in a shipwreck. Let's get flogged three times. Ah, All these things happened to him, but God's power was working through him. You see, we have got the misconception, mainly from Pentecostal people, that when you become a Christian, it's all prosperous, it's all good, it's all rosy. And the opposite is true in the reality of the godly saints from the Bible. That's the opposite. And look at it. In pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned. And on he went there. In verse 9 of this is 2 Corinthians 6. Verse nine: As unknown, yet well known; as dying, and behold, we live; as chastened, and not killed. These are oxymorons—they call these or something. <laughs> um, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing; as poor, yet making many rich; as having nothing, yet possessing all things. You see, the power of God rests upon them when they, when he realised he was nothing. When his his high education and his training under Gamaliel and others. He said that was useful to get a working knowledge maybe of the scripture. But to be empowered by God is what we ought to desire. In chapter 10 of the same book, Second Corinthians, verses 1, 4 and 5. Now I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ who is in presence and base among you and being absent, I am bold toward you. And verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not, what? Carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Personal discipline is needed for the task of being empowered by the Lord. And our weapons are not carnal, you know, put up, put up your sword. Don't you think I could have called the legions of angels? Said the Lord to Peter. Put up your sword. It's not carnal, but mighty through God. You know, some of the martyrs that died, you know, saved the king of England. Who who said that? One of the martyrs that died. Did the king get saved? Yep. <laughs> Eventually. And you see, he, the guy died. I can't remember which martyr it was, but... He died, but he God answered his prayer. And God empowered and gave the church victory in many fronts. Chapter 12, Reformation came on. Chapter 12 of Second Corinthians. And verse 7. That lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. He, he did get a lot from the Lord. There was given me a thorn in the flesh, a measure, messenger of Satan. To buffer to me, lest I should be exalted above measure. He knew all pride was lurking just under the skin. <laughs> For this thing, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he suddenly, you know, you know, so, you know, some people pointed at that and said, "See, he had a he was demon possessed." <laughs> That's what they said to me. When I, I said, what <laughs> I read it, I said, "Oh, I see what you're trying to say, but it's not there." <laughs> <clears throat> I besought this thing <laughs> uh, yeah anyway thrice and it was a physical ailment. and he said unto me my grace is sufficient for thee my strength God's strength my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly therefore will I rather glory in mine infirmity that the power of Christ may rest upon me what a complete opposite to the big churches today uh, that's the opposite. That's Bible. <laughs> this is the way God wants it to happen. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's where we started and that's where we finish. <laughs> Be strong in the Lord, the power of his might. That's the way to re- live the Christian life. You think it all gone wrong? Good. You're at a starting point to go. <laughs> for the Lord to start working, you've laid down your arms and said, I surrender, and now let the Lord do it. Pray and seek his face. And um, the Lord will do what there he did in Paul's life. <clears throat> Jesus commanded his disciples to wait in Acts four. For the presence and power of the Spirit, and they did in Acts 2, 1, he came. And what a wonderful thing happened on the day of Pentecost. <clears throat> a verse that constantly comes to my mind over and over again. It's one of those these broken record ones, which is good. but <clears throat> And I looked it up today to see where it come from. <laughs> I have before. But the old mind doesn't remember things. But Second Chronicles sixteen nine, Lord, show thyself strong on our behalf. Show yourself strong on our behalf. Because we can't do it. We can't save people. We can't sanctify people. God has to do it. We can't build a church. We can't live the Christian life. God has to do it. God working through us and his strength. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It said where we took go from.